Section 17 of Life and Sayings of Mrs. Partington. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by John Brandon. Life and Sayings of Mrs. Partington and Others of the Family. By B.P. Shillaber. Section 17. Peaceful Cogitations when will distension and strife cease among our foreign relations said mrs partington with a sigh as she looked abstractly at the black profile on the wall as if she thought it could answer the question when will distension cease the peace congress didn't do no goods i see for the russians and ostriches are a carrying on just as bad as ever they did committing all sorts of outrages and wrongs on the hungry heaven never smiles on them that distresses the poor we ought to hold the rushers and all that belongs to em in excrescence i don't know about hatin the rushies selves though because they hain't done us no harm and the ostriches too that lives on nails and gimblets that the wild beast man told us about the unnatural heathen then the frenchmen are all in a commotion and i should think they would be eatin frogs and sich things and the english ministers a quarrelin like dogs delight where it will end i can't see she laid down the times as she said i can't see and ike who had been burning off the outside pages of levitt's almanac while she was speaking here poked the light out leaving the room and the subject equally in the dark home missions so mrs brattle has become a member of the home missions said mrs partington well i am rejoiced to hear it for her poor husband's sake for though i think it is a husband's duty to help about the house some he shouldn't be left to wash and cook for himself and children and mend his own clothes as poor battle has had to while she was running around i hope the home missions will keep her at home now and the old lady stirred her souchong with animation and she made the comment and didn't see that ike was making tremendous havoc with the pound cake it is astonishing what opposite effects will be produced by the same cause as for instance suppose a blacking whose principal component is alcohol its effect when applied to boots is apparent in the cracking of the leather and in the opening of fissures admitting the free passage of water when applied to man in quantity the same fluid has the effect of making him tight old roger and the boarders old roger attempted the following upon the boarders one morning they were all sitting quietly at breakfast when with a most provoking smile around the corners of his mouth as if he himself fully appreciated what he was going to say he asked if any of them could tell him why a man deeply impressed with reverence was like a very hungry one the idea of hunger associated with the bountiful board at which they were seated caused the blood to rush through every vein of the landlady's body to her face for she felt hurt the boarders all said they didn't know they couldn't see the least resemblance why said he chuckling it is because he inwardly feels a gnaw 
they couldn't understand what he meant and awe and he said it was no use talking to men whose stomachs were full of the bounties of life this he said to propitiate the landlady who was all smiles again as bright and sparkling as the coffee in his cup which catching the rays of the sun danced and shimmered on the wall overhead bad tempers how these shopkeepers will fib it said mrs partington with an expression of pain on her venerable features that young man i bought these needles of said they were good-tempered only see how spitefully this one has macerated my finger she held up the wounded member a small red spot denoting the injury the sewing circle sympathized with her it will feel better i dare say after it has done aching continued she as she took the last stitch in the thick little boy's jacket and rolled up her work for the day many a pair of raised trousers has the world seen added to its wealth and the world never knew where they came from perhaps didn't care giving thanks may the lord make us thankful for the critter comforts spread out before us said deacon hayes over the hard-boiled beef on the table well perhaps he will says mrs partington to herself but it seems to me it would be easier to be thankful if the meat was tenderer and then like a barefooted boy she went cautiously among the mussels a good deal of truth poor girl's fair said mrs partington as she spelled out the inscription upon a flag that swung across washington street her eyes dimming with the vapors that arose from her warm heart poor girls fair indeed they do and fair hard too god help em many of em fair hard with them that should treat em better trying to rise till all their risable powers is gone and they are shipwrecked and cast away and driv to making trousers and shirts for a living and die on it i do pity em a melancholy tone pervaded her speech and thoughts the rest of the day her snuff the choicest macaboy bore a taint of wormwood and rue her tea was salt as if tears were an ingredient in its composition her specks revealed red eyes in every visitor and the faces of the poor girls looked out at her from the teapot and the sugar-bowl the lamp and the little scrap-box on the work-table bless her kind heart there is a wide difference between the throes of an expiring titan and the throes of a straggling tight un political extravagance rebuked i don't blame people for complaining about the extravagance and costiveness of government said mrs partington as she was reading an ardent appeal to the people in a political newspaper she always took an interest in politics after paul was defeated one year as a candidate for inspector i don't blame em a mite here they are now going to canvassing the state as if the earth wasn't good enough for em to walk on i wonder why they don't get aislecloth or kidminister and done with it and i heard yesterday said ike putting his small oar in that some of em was going to scour the country to get voters well continued she that would be better than throwing dust in the people's eyes as they say some of em do 
canvassing the state indeed she fell into an abstraction on the schemes of politicians and took seven pinches of snuff in rapid succession to aid her deliberations sleigh riding as the last paving stone hides itself beneath the descending snow the jingle of the bells informs us that sleighings come and from that minute riding on runners becomes a mania every young head and some pretty old heads are full of expedients for fun boys hunt up their sleds and dash out of doors to the terror of nervous mamas who prophesy disaster dire for their progeny the old sleighs and new sleighs the big sleighs and little sleighs are put in requisition and the streets are full of the music of the bells 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 all the day long their silvery notes are sounding in our ears and later nights state citizens who are staying at home are disturbed by the frantic yells of returning sleigh parties mingling with the noise of bells making the hour hideous or the sound of voices and cheerful song-making melody with the tintinabulous accompaniment we like to hear this last we gladly listen to its approach as we snuggle beneath the blankets in the watches of the night and distinguish the chord of male and female voices in some familiar strain and are almost sorry to hear it melt away upon the midnight air in distance like voices heard in dreams there used to be great sport to us in sling though we were never sanguinary but time has tempered us by matters of graver import we can indulge now in little beside our daily omnibus rides and can hardly realize in these the buoyancy of old enthusiasm we watch for the appearance of our domicile coming to meet us and pull the check-string at our door careful not to go a step beyond so little do we feel now about riding but in the old time gee who how our heart leaped to the music of the bells how quickly our pulse throbbed to the maddening impulse of the moment as we quiet and sedate though we now are flew over the slippery road hiya 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 how we dashed on our course leaving house and tree and millstone behind us we knew no greater speed than this for it was anti-railroad time and the iron horse we think someone has given it this name before had not then annihilated space as we believe somebody has said we love to feel the cool air revel upon our cheek and whistle among our hair and as it came up from over the smoothly frozen ponds with stinging force we laughed at its violence in the glow of excitement the hoar-frost gleamed upon hair and eyelash and fur collar and our breath streamed away behind us on the cold air like steam hiya 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 we cried the old pine woods echoed the eldritch scream and people in distant cottages caught the sound and listened to the unusual strain and the woodchoppers ceased from their labors to catch a glimpse of the fleeting fiends that awakened such strange echoes then a stop at mine inn and the old-fashioned southern hot 
we took mulled cider of course made all right for the return and a ride by starlight closed the day's joy it was joy then it was long before we knew mrs partington and ike and the perplexity of types ghosts of big sleighs came up before us brimful of happy people nestled beneath the buffaloes and hats and hoods occupy alternate positions throughout the party pleasant voices come back to us and the old familiar faces renew themselves to us delightful but as memory recalls the happy scene the thought of a fair form and face the brightest of the group flits like a spirit across our mind leaving behind a shadow of sorrow and gloom ah maria the sweet eye and voice that animated and blessed us are now blessing other spheres the music of that glad tongue is now attuned to the music of celestial harmonies there is no memory of joy that we may recall however bright but has some woe connected intimately with it and twin smiles and tears make up the sum of the past hiya 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 comes to our domicile and startles us as we write and dashing along the nearly deserted street alarming ponderous watchmen on their walk a sleigh comes furiously by and another and another and the music of the bells chimes gratefully upon our ear here is a sleigh-ride song that may do to sing sometime if any one could find a tune to fit it over the snow over the snow away we go away we go the earth gleams white neath the stars to-night and all is bright above and below old care good-bye old care good-bye from you we fly from you we fly as if on wings our fleet steed springs and the welkin rings with our joyous cry gay mirth is here gay mirth is here our hearts to cheer our hearts to cheer while on we glide there's one by our side to cheer or to chide who is always dear over the snow over the snow away we go away we go there's freedom rare abroad in the air everywhere above and below hunk for the union the union dissolved said mrs partington with her specks upon her forehead and her finger raised as if admonishing the universe dissolve the union and who would dare assassinate such a thing as that such an outrage on the body's politics i thought it would come to this and if they dissolve the union which on em will have the children or will they let em grow up without nobody to look arter their moral training or things never think of dissolving it nor breaking it what god has joined together let not man put us under and that's gospel truth and they can't do it if we stick by each other with what an emphatic italic jerk the snuff-box came out as she concluded speaking the remembrance of her felicitous union with paul crossed her mind and the remembered pain of its dissolution mingled with her patriotic emotion and she dropped a tear as she uttered what would our foreign relations think of it the union was safe 
from that day thenceforth and forever mrs partington says it seems to her a queer provision of nature that eggs should be scarce when they are so dear leaf from philanthropos journal monday morning seven a m summoned to the door when shaving a boy after cold victuals sorry we had none ours were all hot these evils come not as single spies but in battalions seven beggar boys in succession for cold victuals strange that they should be so anxious to have it cold it shows a corrupt taste probably the vitiating effect of poverty eight a m woman and child asking alms heart bled for them strong smell of gin persuaded that it was a gentle soporific for child nothing more subject to colic husband in california been there three years seven children dependent on her exertions didn't seem to exert herself much promised to call and see her nine a m foreigner with a certificate fine-looking man certificate reads right signed john smith honest sounding name think i've heard it before horrible volcano in italy swallowed up his vineyard and threw him and a large family upon the world heaven help him can't speak a word of english told me so himself felt strongly inclined to aid him will hand his name to the wandering samaritan society ten a m dressed to go out gentleman a stranger asked me if i had a ninepence in my pocket and if i would loan it to him to procure a letter from the post office sorry i hadn't the precise amount but gave him a dime was surprised to see him go into a drinking house suppose it must be one of the new sub-offices eleven a m asked by a little barefoot boy for a cent implored me for his mother's sake to give him one knew the deceptions of this kind of beggars and refused the urchin called me a most scandalous name and followed behind me repeating it though several of my friends were in hearing gave him a quarter to get rid of him shall never forget the horrid leer he gave me great depravity training days i don't object to training days altogether said mrs partington to the major as the ancient and honourables passed her door the dress looks well and the children likes the music and i know this is moral training because the governor is there and his suet with his chateau on his head and his sword by his side how finely he does look so bold and portable i declare he looks too good to be a malicious officer she here leaned out of the door to catch a last view of the corpse as it turned a near corner and a portly-looking gentleman under a cocked hat waved his hand to her as the pageant swept from her view mrs partington resumed her knitting that had been disturbed by the music 
life life how curious it is curious is the word we wouldn't have any other for it expresses the very thing how curious it is from the cradle to the grave the hopes of the young are curious reaching forward into the future and building castles in perspective for their possessors that will crumble before them ere they arrive at that spot in time where their fabrics are located how curious it is the first dawning of love where the young heart surrenders itself to its dreams of bliss illumined with stars and garnished with moonshine how curious it is when matrimony crowns the wishes and cares fancied to be surmounted by ardent hearts are found to be but just commenced how curious it is says the young mother as she spreads upon hers the tiny hand of her babe and endeavors to read in its dim lines the fortunes of her child curious indeed would such revealings be could she there read them how curious it is the greed for gain that marks and mars the life of man leading him away after strange gods forgetting all the object and good of life in a heartless chase for a phantom light that leaves him at last in threefold egyptian darkness how curious it is the love of life that clings to the old and draws them back imploringly to the scenes of earth begging for a longer look at time and its frivolities with eternity and its joys within their reach how curious it is when at last the great end draws nigh the glazing eye the struggle the groan proclaiming dissolution and the still clay that denotes the extinguishment of the spark known as life how curious it is that the realities of the immortal world should be based upon the crumbling ashes of this and that the path to infinite light should lie through the dark shadow of the grave how curious it is in its business and pleasures its joys and sorrows its hopes and fears its temptations and triumphs and as we contemplate life in all its phases we must exclaim how curious it is an interesting fact dr digg and old roger were conversing upon wonders in nature and the doctor had given a long account of discoveries he had made during his travels in the east of intelligence in different kinds of animals the elephant the ichneumon and oxford county bear being particularly mentioned for their sagacity with regard to the last-named description of animals he relied principally upon the testimony of his friend fitzwhistler who had given him some wonderful particulars concerning their habits mr f had stated to him during a conversation that the oxford county bear had been known to be at times devotedly attached to new england rum and to make no great scruples about using now and then tobacco in its various forms which he considered a degree of intelligence very nearly approximating to the refinement of human civilization and surpassing that of all other animals roger admitted the truth in the main of what the doctor submitted 
but said that however much he was disposed to yield to fitzwhistler and the doctor in most matters in this one particular of superiority he must differ from them for there were animals in his own state new hampshire that excelled them all the doctor had not claimed for either class he had named any knowledge in mathematics but from a long residence in the granite state the doctor with that greatness of mind so characteristic of the individual immediately tendered his hat to roger who magnanimously placed it again upon the pundit's head new patents we often read in patent office reports of patents being granted for improvement in governors we don't care how much governors are improved and all efforts in this direction will receive the full consent of the governed we have seen too not long since that a patent has been given for an improvement in railing this invention must be of vast utility in quarrelsome neighborhoods where the quality of the railing has long needed improvement brief answers it is a terrible affliction to fall into the hands of one who either cannot or will not answer a question directly who will either evade a direct answer or by an everlasting prolixity in replying render his information useless the question you ask like the eye of the ancient mariner holds you fast and you cannot escape until as the reviewers say you arrive at the end of the volume for instance mr walker is out in the country and going towards a certain place he is in doubt about what direction he shall take and asks a man whom he meets the way to blank why the man replies after hesitating for five minutes if you should go back a quarter of a mile you could take the road that leads round by the old mill but that'd be a little further or you can take the road straight ahead and get over the wall and cut across only there's a swamp in the way which would bring you about half a mile out of the way or you may go through deacon willie's pasture you can see his barn from here and when you come to the barn take the path that leads through the woods this is the farthest way but the gals allers go through this way when they go home with their sweethearts or you can go up the road to the left and when you come to the crossroads turn to the right or the shortest way is for you to go right ahead and you'll get there in a half an hour organs a quiet tone is observable in the russian organs said mrs partington as the line in the telegraph news arrested her eye she mused upon it a moment church organs i dare say and we heard the other day that the emptier of russia dear pious man was organizing his soldiers to go and give the gospel to the turks at the point of the bayonet quick-toned organs well i wonder if they won't get one for our church that'll play nothing but serious tunes for the one we've got'll play yankee doodle just as well as old hundred and for my part i don't put no faith into it she looked at the vane on top of the distant spire that turned in the wind and mixed with variableness with church organs that played many tunes and men of the church as variable as the organs while ike was teasing the kitten with a brand new cap border that the old lady was just doing up 
End of section 17. Recording by John Brandon. End of Life and Sayings of Mrs. Partington and Other Members of the Family by B. P. Shillaber.